When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast, and we are in the Victory Lounge once again, folks. Hello, everybody. My name is Corey Friedman. I am filling in for the venerable Luke Stuckmeyer. Venerable. I will do my best. That's a big word. We are joined by Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo, and Cody, the vibes, they're really good. The Cubs sweep. Once again. The Pittsburgh Pirates for the second time in a week. They are 6-0 and against the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. And the Cubs have won 10 of their last 12 games. Guys, as they head into the off day, they travel to London to face the Cardinals across the pond this weekend. This uh, last week or so, this week plus of Cubs baseball has been about as good as you could have asked for as a response from this team uh, to that little rough patch there before that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's when we, I think, I feel like we keep bringing it up, but after that angel series, it felt like, like <laughs> the lowest point of the season. And it was, I mean, there were 10 games under 500, right? Yeah. Um, and it felt like we, I think, I think we still all thought that like the Cubs aren't this bad of a team. Like they're not 10 games below 500. Like last year's team, was a four ended up being a 14 games below 500 team like this year's Cubs team should not have been as bad as they were playing and again I'm not saying they're like shoe-ins for the playoffs or anything but like this feels more like the team we thought the Cubs were going to be this season like they got they're getting really good starting pitching the bats are, are starting to wake up a little bit the defense is fine better than fine also defense is good um the bullpen is starting to look a lot better than it had been for weeks. Like everything's starting to come together for all these, like every aspect of the a baseball game. Like everything's starting to fit together, and you know, however long, like they've won ten of twelve. I don't know how long they can kind of keep that consistent winning going. Um, but when you're getting the starting pitching, like they've gotten, they're they're pretty much getting every time out. Um, they're getting the timely hits these days. The bullpen's looking great. The defense is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like if you can just get two or three of those consistently like you the Cubs are going to have a chance to win every game if they can get the bullpen to be fine the starting pitching to be good and the defense to play fine they'll win they'll win a lot of games even if the offense isn't there every game and I, I think that's what you're seeing I mean the, obviously this last stretch the offense has been really good um, but even if they start to kind of slow down themselves like that part of the game the Cubs should find themselves in a lot of games because the the, the two or three parts of the of the game that we thought they were going to be good at to come into the year they're, they're playing like it now and mm-hmm. I think that's just why this stretch has been so good for the Cubs 10 of 12 like a lot of it has to do with those three aspects of the game Definitely. yeah uh this team is uh clicking on all cylinder, cylinders right now right like you're getting great starting pitching the offense showed up today they were they actually trailed to start the game right give up the one run and then they answer back with three right away uh, and then and then they have their own shutdown inning. Shout out to the the all important shutdown inning. Very important. Uh, 
you get you're getting contributions from all across the lineup and that's just kind of what it's been at least that's what it feels like you know the last 12 games and uh it's i i want to i i i understand it's pittsburgh and we all thought they were frauds i know that the six of them were against them Mm -hmm. obviously but like i was as we always say you got to beat the teams in your division you got to beat the bad teams do I think Pittsburgh is as bad as they've been these six games against the Cubs? No, but I don't. I don't think that um, the Cubs really ever gave them a chance to win a lot of these games, except for the one where Pittsburgh led five to one and, went, and then they blew it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so the Cubs kind of just stepped on their throats every single game that they played against Pittsburgh last week and this week. This week specifically, they Pittsburgh scored what they scored three runs today is the most runs they scored in this entire series this pitching the the only runs they scored in this series yeah like the (laughs) the pitching has dominated pittsburgh in those six games and specifically this week especially because there were definitely a lot more runs at wrigley field but you know like you you talk about when you, you waking up and playing the way you needed to play at the right time like in in at the right time to at least get yourself back into the race. Yeah. It was huge. Cause like we, I guarantee you, if we all, we went back and looked at, listened to the audio going into the first game against Pittsburgh last week, I, we all probably sat there and said, it's the most important game, most important game. Well, most I think important everybody series. had, you know, <laughs> social media was ablaze from pretty much every outlet with after that angel series, it was like, all right, let's focus on selling at the trade yeah. deadline. Like that's where it felt like, and right. they, they have responded in the manner that they needed. And you were talking about, you know, playing the Pirates and beating who's on the schedule. And that's really all it is for this team right now because we knew the division's bad. It doesn't matter where they are in the National League or the MLB as a whole. We knew that this division was tight and winnable. And Jed Hoyer's talked about it a lot. Like this team needed to show something and they needed to show something quick. And... They're doing just that. You know, they're still two games under 500 at 36 and 38, uh, but they needed to turn it around and get themselves really in that NL Central mix quick to kind of reverse that trade deadline talk. And they've taken care of business. They've done just that. They obviously have to keep that going Mm -hmm. uh, starting this weekend in London with the Cardinals, but they're, they're taking care of business day by day, which is what they needed to do. Yeah, and like, again, like, you, we can sit here and say they need to do this, need to do that. Like, like 12, 12 games ago, we could have sat here and said it, but none of us actually believed that all, any of that shit was going to happen, and then it has. And so I think the players deserve a lot of credit. I think David Ross deserves a lot of credit. I know that no one really liked the lineup today, and it kind of showed with Mancini and that awful air he had. Uh, but whatever. They won the game, uh, and they won – pretty convincingly and they dominated this series and they've dominated a lot of games over the last 12 so um yeah the team isn't perfect yeah there's still a lot of work to do uh you, first it starts with getting to 500 would love to win the next two in london to get to 500 um man i oh my god i would love that but yeah uh that i it, to me it's just one game at a time because i'm not gonna like i i'm i'm reeled in everyone knows i'm reeled in <laughs> Reeled back in, but I my goal right now for the Cubs is like get to 500 and then then go. And it's it's like that you know you if they lose the first one in London, it's like all right, you better bounce back because you can't afford to lo- like go back any further under 500. 
it's a lot more easier to take a loss every now and then once you're above 500 mm-hmm. and stay in that race, right? And the only reason I say this is because the Cincinnati Reds are so hot. They're hot. 11 and straight wins. Well, and that's... And it's just like... it. I can't believe I'm saying it. Like, they, they're a good baseball team. I don't know if, like, they're going to go win 90 sustain. games. Yeah. yeah, if they can sustain it. I, their pitching is the one thing that I'm a little like, eh. I don't know. I do think the Cubs pitching is better than that. So once they're once the league kind of figures out a lot of their young hitters, like what will happen then? Mm-hmm. But right now, it's like man, it feels like the Cubs need to keep winning so they can just maintain pace because they could have moved to two and a half games back in the Central today, but instead they're going to stay at three and a half because the Reds won. So again, just get back to five hundred and then go from there. And hopefully they hopefully they come back to America. At 500. Yeah, and I think David Ross talked, too, about being lucky, right, that the division Mm -hmm. had played so poorly. And, you know, the thing with the Reds, at least for right now, is that this is always the opportunity that's presented when the division is playing so poorly, right? Like, it's it's there for the taking. If somebody gets hot and goes on a little bit of a run, like, they're going to be in a really good position. But the Cubs are doing their best to keep pace. And as our pal in the YouTube chat here, if you're on YouTube joining us live, hop in that chat, let us know what you're thinking. Uh, our friend Niren in the chat pointed out if they can go 4-2 and two over their next six games, they'll be exactly at 500 at the 80-game mark of the season, mm-hmm. which, you know, again, like, if you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know we're not sitting here celebrating that that's where this organization <laughs> is at. But in the context of this season and where the Cubs have been in terms of their uh, rebuild, not a rebuild, right? Like <laughs> for this season, I, I think that's about what you kind of would have expected, like kind of middle of the pack, mm-hmm. like sticking in the race at the halfway point. Yep. And then it's really just about do they make any additions to this team do you call guys up that start playing better? And and then it's about, you know, you're in the division race with one half of baseball left to go, which I think is about sort of like the baseline expectation for this roster. So if they're able to do that, you know, I think uh, we'd all hope for better, but I, I, I think you would take it at, the, at this point. If you can get to the halfway point and realistically be able to win this division, you know, that's, that's where you want to be. Well, I think if we would have said, I mean, Coming into this season, 500 ball halfway through the season was isn't you know wasn't going to be okay. It's sell it's sell mode time mm-hmm. like that that like you're looking at that outlook. If you're exactly 500 half at the halfway point, you're not looking at that in March and saying okay like oh the Cubs are going to have to sell at sure. that point. I, even regardless of how good the division was, like that was was a solid place for them to have been, especially when you knew coming in like a bunch of new guys coming in like maybe some rookies coming up the bullpen is was still kind of thrown together even if you had trust that the bullpen was going to work itself out so i think you if you would have said in march like they're going to be 500 at the 80 game mark um i think people would have been fine with that and i i think it sounded it sounds worse after april when they were like 12 or 5 and 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 four games over 500 at different points considering how bad that may was like now they went through that May and and when they were ten games below five hundred to say they could be at five hundred at the eighty game point, I think yeah I think people would be ecstatic about that <clears throat> exactly. Uh, so in the chat, uh, uh, watcher of the show every day, Colada says we don't stinks. Wow, he's Big back in. Him. They've reeled him back. They've reeled in. Michael Colada back, back in. Let it be known that so, on June 
2023, Collada was reeled back in. As you guys, if you're watching live on YouTube, you can all see. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcasts, I will try to do my best Pat Hughes impression and paint a beautiful, vivid picture for you. Cody has poured a wonderful, golden Goose Mm. Island beer into the Victory Beer Bat. We are here talking about an 8-3 to win for the Cubs. They sweep the Pirates. Kyle Hendricks, another quality start. Nico Horner, a big day at the plate. And uh, with that, of course, that means we've got a victory chug to do. Yeah. We have no uh, timer because we're in Studio B and I didn't have time to put it in there. So we're going to let Ryan (laughs) handle the timing, which is probably good because I was flubbing the timer yesterday pretty badly. Cody needs every second, too. So True. Yeah, this is also a test of Ryan's integrity. So, My but he, he, his integrity was it showed so. well yesterday. I'll give him credit there. But you know, Luke isn't here to keep him in tra- uh, in uh, in track because you know now Luke's gone and now the kids are running around being crazy. So, all right, here <laughs> well, we go, Goose. All right. Brought uh, to you by the, the best beer company. Yeah, this is brought to you by uh, Goose Island, best beer company. Chicago has offer <laughs> this beer bat is for Nico Horner who basically willed this team to a win today at least on offense in my opinion uh home run three rbis dude's oppo. a stud and it's off oppo, it, taco. oppo taco and it's an absolute travesty that he's not at least hasn't had more votes to the all-star game i, I mean i generally don't care about Cubs that would go to the all-star game because i'd rather than just go home and rest and then come back and then fuck <laughs> the league on the in the second half but i digress some people care so go vote for nico horner all right we ready yeah all right here we go Good start. That's a good start. Can he get through the... Oh, he's spilling. Spillage. It's not uh, much. Not much. All right. 10-8. Right. Yeah. 10-8. I kind of got stuck in the middle there. For, for oh. all CD. All right. 10, well, eight. you know, eight seconds are hard well, to beat, man. Well, that's a bummer. We should just end the show there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 10-8, Cody. Good. Good work. I, I wanna, mean, at least there's some consistency. I, I got to tell you, I mean, it's pretty clear. We can go and dig into the Dell metrics. Uh, if you go to Fangraphs and go to the Dell metrics tab, you'll find this uh, Cody's proprietary system. But the way where that have you, you seen have, it? Because I've been trying to get it. I've been trying to get them to let my shit in there, and they ain't to, doing it. You have to sign up to be a member. It's a ah, it's a it's see, a whole see, thing. They're premium. They're not going to give that away for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, your performance improving as this team has gotten hot. Cody, you're doing your best to will this team to victory. You are responding in kind to the way this team is playing. Yeah, well, you know, some some for some people it's bigger than than other things. You know what I mean? Some of us, you know, we're do whatever it takes. So, Dell metrics is just like you can't you can't really put a finger on like what any of it is. It's a feel if, thing. Yeah, but if you it's know, you thing. know, man. Yeah. It's all about the vibes. So few players in particular I think we got to talk about today. I, I think the first to start with, uh, another quality start from Kyle Hendricks. Gets into a little bit of trouble uh, that Mark Leiter Jr. gets him out of, uh, despite Trey Mancini doing his best to completely screw this game up uh, <laughs> with another just stellar defensive play out there from Tell Trey. Tell me how you feel about it, Corey. Uh, <laughs> we can get into it. We don't have to get into it. I don't know. Uh, but I want to talk about Kyle Hendricks. Uh, just a, a, another really good start. He was locating really well on the edges of the strike zone today. Mm-hmm. Looked really good. Um, and he's come back and been exactly, I mean, way better than I think any of us would have hoped. Just given how he was last year, the injury he was dealing with, and knowing what he was coming back from. 
for him to look the way he has so far in the 2023 season, especially as the Cubs are trying to get Jamison Tyone back on track, Hayden Wisniewski obviously, you know, changing roles and not stellar in his first mm-hmm. opportunity in the rotation. Uh, hard to, with where they are in this season, hard to overstate just how important Kyle Hendricks has been since coming back. Yeah, so we got the, we're going to throw stats up there. So this is Kyle Hendricks after today's start. Three and two, 34 and two-thirds innings pitched, 260 ERA, 195 average against, and a sub one, exactly 0.98 whip. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks has <laughs> been really, he's been good. He's, he's been better than, not, 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 not that I want to say better than like expected or anything like that, but like, I, I'm actually, no, I'm going to say that like, because you didn't know what to expect, right? Like, you didn't, it was a long time that Kyle Hendricks didn't pitch. It was a long time that he, you know, had, uh, was it the um, capsular tear in his shoulder? You don't, for a guy that's 30-some years old, you'd never really like to hear the word shoulder when it comes to an injury. Um, And they went on this long, extended rehab process that involved different things, involved, you know, programs to kind of increase some of his velocity, involved, um, you know, uh, adjusting or tweaking his delivery uh, to try to hopefully, you know, stop that you know, whatever injury came from his previous delivery or however exactly it went like to try to minimize any future type of, of ailments in that shoulder um, by adjusting his delivery so they did all this stuff in what was it 11 months um, it was a long time for Kyle Hendricks to be out again a, a guy that's 33 I want to say years old like you didn't really know if Kyle Hendricks was going to come back and be effective like you, you just couldn't predict that just because of how long he'd been out. Like we know that Kyle Hendricks at his best is a good pitcher. You just didn't know if they could get that based on, you know, really honestly the last couple seasons and the just extended time away. So um, I know we've talked to like Jed and and David Ross about that and, and just about the long recovery. And if there were, you know, any concerns or worries that basically what I said, like did they ever have concerns that he, he would get back to that type of pitcher. And Jed kind of said like, yeah, like just, in, in that circumstance, there are going to be some kind of some, some level of concern just because, again, you don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Um, but they went through that big process. They convinced him that was the right is the right thing to do. They convinced themselves it was the right thing to do. They went through the whole process, and it looks like he's come out on the other side back to a semblance of the Kyle Hendricks that was so good, what, 2020? Like, he was a, he was a really good pitcher in that year. And, and since then, it, it's been kind of a, a downhill slide for him. So... He's come out. It's only six starts, but he's come out and looked pretty good a majority of it. I think that's five pretty good starts. Now, I think the first one wasn't as good, but, like, he's come out. He's pitched really well. Today he had, what, 31% of his pitches were either called strikes or whiffs, an average exit velocity of 82.6 miles per hour on 19 balls in play. So it's yeah. like those are, like, Kyle Hendricks' the numbers, right? Kind of start. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's absolutely. Like, that's, it's not the best you can see from Kyle Hendricks, but it's, like, those are the numbers Kyle Hendricks puts up. Um, and so, yeah, it looks like the, the process that they went as long as it took, it, it, it it's showing results right now. And I think that's all you could have really mm-hmm. hoped for for Kyle Hendricks well, out, and, of, out of what he had and to go you, through. And you said, you know, it's only been a handful of starts, but I, I mentioned, you know, Tyone Wisniewski, but I think the timing in particular of Kyle coming back and pitching like this, Justin Seal is obviously back now. He's mm-hmm. 
been back. He's going to start in London. Uh, but for Kyle to come in and do that while Justin was on the injured list and we weren't really mm-hmm. sure like what the vibe was there, just really important in getting the Cubs on this stretch and, and keeping them in the win column as they're trying to keep up with whomever may be in first mm-hmm. place in the NL Central on a given day. Hopefully soon it's the Cubs, though. Yeah. And one more thing is I think maybe a little overlooked with Kyle coming back. Like We talked about in the pregame show, like now they have their their – ideal rotation of mm-hmm. Steele, Stroman, Tyone, Smiley, and Hendricks. And I know, like, we all know that Tyone has to be better overall, more consistent. Um, but that's their ideal rotation. And now with Kyle back, guys like Hayden Wisniewski, Javier Assad, Caleb Killian in the mind, like, whoever is that depth, they don't have to, like, rely on any one of them to come Definitely. in and, like, be that fifth star. Especially if it's a different season and they're not really, like, if it's 2022 and they're not really in a place where they're going to compete – like maybe they can afford to let those guys ride it out, go through the highs and lows that rookie pitchers or young pitchers go through. But this is a year they're talking about competing and they're winning games right now. And now with Kyle Hendricks pitching like this, and if Tyone picks it up, they don't need to have every fifth day of really young or slash rookie pitcher go out and, and don't know what they're going to get from him. So like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, Tyone needs to pitch better. Smiley, Smiley, Steele, and Stroman do what they're doing. And Kyle Hendricks kind of has to, pitch like this like how, how he's been pitching the last five games but that's if, if Tyone can pick it up then you have a, a rotation where you feel confident actually every time out that they're gonna at least give you a chance to win and I, I think just not having to rely on young pitchers in a season where you are trying to compete is a positive that stems from Kyle Hendricks coming back and pitching like this oh yeah I mean I just remember in the offseason and uh you know spring training everyone was like all Everyone was so excited to see what Wesneski could do in the rotation. And even we all were. And in hand up, I was someone who wasn't exactly excited for Hendricks to come back. And I wasn't okay, I wasn't going to put put my like I wasn't all in on Hendricks coming back and being this effective. And it, it's six starts. I'm sure there'll be some clunkers in there. You know, every starter has it. But he, he's he's performed way over what I expected. I said on pregame that, like, I'm just hoping for Kyle Hendricks to consistently give us five innings and three earned or less. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. This guy went into the seventh inning today. He went almost through a, a, a no-hitter in San Francisco two starts ago. He had a c- decent start against the Orioles last Friday. Like, the guy's been solid. Like, we put up the stats. He's got an ERA under three right now in those six starts. Like, it's impressive and again i'm sorry i ever gave up on the dude um but you're right ryan with the fact that wesneski didn't take control of the role opening the season and you know caleb killian hasn't figured it out and all these other things like it allowed like having the five guys that have in the rotation now it allows those young guys to find a role in the bullpen or if they're depth in iowa and you know, if the Cubs need a bullpen arm, like Wesneski now is, he, we've talked, we talked about the other day, he's, be, he becomes like a, he could be in that Keegan Thompson role that, uh, or the role that Keegan Thompson was in that, you know, he lost because he just didn't have it before being sent down. Yep. And, uh, you know, Javier Saad is, is, is another one like that too, right? So though it seems like the team is starting to find roles and I feel like we talked about in May how, like, the Cubs were still searching for that for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like they're starting to find that. And you're seeing more consistent lineups. 
You're seeing the same five guys out of the starting rotation every fifth day, and you're seeing the high leverage guys come out of the bullpen, seeing Leiter come in with guys on base. You're seeing Mer- Merriweather come in and, and do his do his thing. Like it that like winning the the fact that they're winning games, the, the big reason, honestly, is I feel like they've just seemingly kind of found the right roles for a lot of guys. Yeah, they had to switch up the lineup a lot to get this offense jump started. But and the pitching has basically been there all year, at least as the starters. But it's been better over the last 12 games because it seems like they have found those roles this month. Definitely. And so that's exciting for me and gives me a, a lot of hope for the rest of the year because a big thing last year is like I just felt like they struggled with finding roles for anyone. They were just throwing guys out there and seeing if it stuck, you know? Yeah. And that's why that team wasn't good. Uh, and then and this year, like you felt like in May, everything that was working in April just kind of fell apart. But also, you knew that even in April when they were playing well, they still hadn't found the roles for guys because mm-hmm. Hosmer was still getting at bats and Mervis and Morell still weren't here and you knew they were going to be here and, and all these other facets that happened in April, right? So it seems like now those things are starting to fall into place. And again, this team, I'm not saying this team is going to get hot and go win 95 games or anything, but I'm saying that because they're finding roles for this roster – it puts them in a better position to win games. And Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I'm just hoping that they are at 500 at the All-Star break and then, you know, see if they get hot in the second half. If they buy, don't buy like it's 2016, but maybe add a few pieces and then see see what happens. And if you're playing, again, if you're playing games in September that matter, where we're sitting in this studio and we're – riding every pitch and thinking looking at the scoreboard (laughs) for all the other teams like yeah considering we haven't done that for three years i'll take that and then you take that momentum into next year well you guys will be angry if they don't make the playoffs anyway well yeah i know i'll be always angry i'm all like i I will complain and be angry all the time but i agree in the sense that i think we talked about going into the season there was a very real shot they could be playing meaningful baseball in september whether that led to playoffs or not meaningful baseball in september was like an attainable, a very attainable goal for the Cubs. Mm. And now they're kind of back. Like that, that they're ten games below five hundred, and that looks so far away. Yeah. But now they're back to where they're in a position where that's not impossible again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the the opportunity is there, and again, yeah. like the the context really doesn't matter, right? Like it yeah. it doesn't matter if they're in a bad division or they're not one of the best teams in baseball doesn't matter the division Mm -hmm. is right there it is winnable uh the reds are hot right now but nobody in this division has planted their flag to take it over and if your goal was to make the playoffs and win the division it is right there for you to do it so go and do it yeah uh i do want to jump to our first ad break here and thank one of our wonderful sponsors uh one of my favorite of our sponsors, and that is the Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to evaluate, elevate your summer. One-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and in-store pickup. Great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards. And it is Illinois' favorite dispensary from city to suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North. 
Champaign to South Beloit. You guys all know I live in Wrigleyville, that location uh, right by HVAC on Clark Street, one of the best additions to the neighborhood in years. I am a frequent visitor of Sunnyside. (laughs) It's a wonderful, nice, beautiful facility. Uh, And I think the best thing about Sunnyside is that their staff is so knowledgeable and friendly. Uh, Like I said, wherever you are on your cannabis journey, uh, they can help you out. If you're experienced, you know what you want, they can get you in and out really quickly. If you have no idea what you're doing and you want to learn, you want to ask questions, they will help you out and they will give you all of that knowledgeable information to help you get the best experience. Shop the Sunnyside House of Brands like Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard, award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Shop the High Supply, which offers quality cannabis that's always available. Buds are expertly grown, lab tested and available in vape carts, vape pens, flour, popcorn, shake, pre-rolls, shorties, and concentrates. Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary has everything that you need, (laughs) and their knowledgeable staff will help you get whatever you need. Their their store on Clark is so nice, Uh, and like I said, you get it. You're in the shadow of beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. It's a vibe. I got to tell you, you go shop at Sunnyside, you say hi to the Cubs at Wrigley Field. It, it's a vibe. <laughs> Through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer. That's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. That code is CHGO25 for 25% off your total order. Order, pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 or older or an Illinois med card holder. Um, so, or we have another one, don't we? Yeah, we do. My bad. Co- well, Cody finds it. It's mine. It's it me. Is, I'm sorry. Well, I was, I was reading, uh, I was reading the timeline I'm, and I'm, we'll get to it after. Yeah. Well, I Cody finds it. I was going to like, I'm glad that you reminded people that you live in Wrigleyville. I just like, I, I remember it, and I don't know how far back it is, so if someone wants to go look for it, it's hilarious. But, like, everyone knows you live in Wrigleyville, but there was one show where Cody literally told everyone exactly where you live. Not my exact address, but... Pretty much. Like, it was... If somebody wanted to murder me, they they could. He doxed you. So if someone wants to go back and find that episode, you can find... I really don't have a defense. I'm just a moron. All right. Uh, And y'all like to let me know when I am, so whatever. Big of me to... Admit it. All right. Lewis University. Someone like me could use some uh, some some learning, right? Little. Students are just like you. Full-time jobs, families, full-time sports fandoms. Go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University, 35, 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. Ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening online and and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. Faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career. We offer career support and academic resources for adult students looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program. Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success we're just going to highlight one here. The Lewis program in Eight. criminal just 
So what? Say aviation. Aviation. Aviation one. That one. That one always intrigues me. Okay. The the they got the aviation one. There's computer science, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, and technology programs. They have all kinds of great stuff. Uh, they have grad pro programs as well. Uh, check it all out. U.S. Lewis University. Discover how to how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at Lewis u.edu slash you can do this fernando in the chat says sunny side and higher learning what a pair yep you got that right uh, i also <laughs> saw in the chat somebody I, I think explaining why i'm sitting lead today and they said that they don't let luke out of the home until three so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna tell you you're right or wrong but don't uh, let the facts get in the way of a good story i <laughs> We had a big day. Nico Horner back in the leadoff spot. Again, the Cubs winning 8-3, to three, sweeping the Pirates here on a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. They were in Pittsburgh, but it's a beautiful day in Chicago. Uh, Nico playing shortstop. The X-rays negative on Dansby Swanson. If you did not uh, catch that update this morning, uh, X-rays negative, obviously giving him the day off. They got the day off and then, you know, the flight to London. So hopefully he is back in there this weekend. But nice to hear that that's negative they said there was some swelling so always good to avoid that but an interesting setup that we had for the game in Pittsburgh today it meant that Nico was back at shortstop he goes two for five in the leadoff spot with three RBIs uh Christopher Morell gets to play defense uh he plays at second base uh Nick Madrigal still at third base so a little bit of a, a an interesting lineup there for David Ross uh but a big day for Nico Horner we do have a super chat from Fernando real sharp Wrigley t-shirt yes it Be is beautiful historic Wrigley Field um I do like the shirt it is a great shirt thank you mm -hmm. I look nice I look nice in the shady rays you know yeah, but sure. um I've seen really big day for Nico Horner the triple opposite field home run uh, just nice to see. He went through a little bit of a slump not that long ago, but just good to mm -hmm. see him get back in that leadoff spot and really pace this lineup today. Yeah, I mean, I know he hasn't been leading off, but he let off today, and, uh, you know, he was he was big in the spot, man. And no matter where he's hitting the lineup, you know, they're, they're going to need him to be a, a, a run producer. Mm -hmm. like, he's not going to hit you 25, 30 home runs, but... He's the one thing he's always done is hit with runners in scoring position. He did that in what the second or third inning today. They were down one to nothing, and he he hit the two guys in yeah, that right second and third. Bunt. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, like that. That's just and he did it in the most Nico way ever, which was just going opposite field uh, down the right field line for a double. Um, when he's going opposite field, hitting line drives opposite field, I feel like that's when he's at his best. Um, but yeah, like he's. He, I, he, again, it, it blows my mind that he's so far down in the in the standings for second base all star second baseman. Um, he's he's shown to have Gold Glove caliber defense, and the offense has been there this year. Yeah, he's had bad stretches, but what player in baseball hasn't outside of Luis Arias, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> so Nico, as we mentioned, he's not. It doesn't seem like he'd be the best run producer on this team. He has thirty eight RBIs. He's leading the team with th those 38 RBIs, even though a majority of his games came out of the leadoff position. And I also, I mean, I understand Mike Talkman has talked about it before that you really only lead off once a game from the leadoff spot, mm -hmm. but you do get the most amount of plate appearances and mm -hmm. you are obviously before the heart of the order rather than behind it. Um, so to have him leading the team with 38 RBIs was, was surprising to see. 
He's also still leading the team with 16 RBIs or 16 stolen bases. So that's uh, a different fun fact for Nico Horner. His WRC plus is still only 101. Uh, and I know like the, the some of the slumps and then down stretches that he's had as as um, contributed to that. Um, so you would obviously like to see that be higher. Yeah. Um, but he does have 2.1, you know, Fangraphs wins above replacement. And a lot of that has to do with how good defensively he is. If he's only a 101 WRC plus, that means he has been really good at defense. And so if he can just continue to do what he's done in the field and have more consistently, I guess, games like he had today, he doesn't have to hit a home run and a triple every game, but like just better offensive performances on a consistent basis. Like that's where Nico's value is. He's not, I don't think the Cubs are expecting him to be their top offensive player. They're expecting him to be a, a big contributor and play gold glove caliber defense. And that's when Nico Horner's at his best. So you want to see those offensive, the, the overall, the 101 WRC plus, like you want to see that climb a little bit. Yeah. Um, but if he can do that and just continue to be the gold glove caliber second baseman that he's been, like that's where, that's where Nico's value comes in. So a day like this is really good to see uh, as far as like, you hope that he, this helps him kind of just get back into a more consistent production sense uh offensively when i think it's you know today is also a good day where you see that value of the depth right like obviously dansby misses any amount of time and you have a guy that could win a gold glove at shortstop just move on over to Mm -hmm. short Mm -hmm. which i think is uh obviously a nice luxury to have and when you go back you know a few years when javi baez used to man the position for this team there were years where this team did not have any organizational depth. I mean, that's how Nico comes up in the first place, right? It's so early in his career is that they just didn't have any shortstop depth. So when Dansby goes down and you drop one gold glover to just move one over, it's a nice luxury for this team to have. Uh, it was interesting seeing Christopher Morell out there in the field getting the shot at second base, not third base. Nick Madrigal mm-hmm. sticking at third base. Uh, Ryan, I was curious your thought on that. I thought it was interesting uh, obviously, we saw last year the struggles that Christopher Morel had with the throwing angle at third base. Uh, but just on the opportunity on this particular day, I did think it was interesting that we didn't see Morel at third and switch Madrigal back over to, I guess, his more natural position. But at this point, I, I guess they want Madrigal <laughs> sticking at third. Yeah, I think I think that plays a big part of it. Is like if Madrigal's playing good defense, which he is. You know, he's playing fine good defense over at third base he hasn't been a negative there um and i think that plays a part in it but it's also like i think and david ross has talked about that as far as like they've they've been trying morell as this super utility player right and it just like defensively has not necessarily worked out but ross has talked before about how he kind of feels morell's best potential defensively i guess is the right word uh would be up the middle so second base shortstop center field like those spots on the field um he may he may be best at one of those positions which is why i think you know he's gotten some run in center field Mm -hmm. um and why today he got that shot at second base where yeah i mean earlier in the season when dansby came out mid game um they shifted nico over to short and put madrigal in at second base um like that was, I think, just the situation that was called for. And Madrigal might not have even been playing that game at that point, um, but today felt like a we like what Nick does at third base. He's not costing us games at third base. He's making the routine plays. Like keep him there. Keep him doing what he's doing. 
move obviously a gold glove caliber shortstop over or second baseman over to shortstop where he plays really well as well. And if Morrell could potentially be like if this may be where he's best profiled as a defender, we'll give him the run at second base while he's got it. Like well, give him the give him the shot today. I think well, that's what it what it mm-hmm. came down to. Let me ask you guys this, because Corey, this is something that we've been talking about. These guys have been talking about here at the last few postgame shows, trying to figure out Morell's place, sure. you know, in the lineup and where he's gonna play. And and Cody's been beating it to death that he should have had an opportunity in the spring to prove he can play third. But now that we saw him today at second and you move Nico over to short, I'm just going to throw this crazy hypothetical out and feel free, Chad, to just blow me up on it. <laughs> but if you want to get power in the lineup, Morel at second, Nico at short, and put Dansby, who has all this range, over at third, or do you not do mess with your premier player and keep him at shortstop? Uh, if they were going to do that, I think Nico would be the one that would end up at third. I think Dansby's your shortstop. I don't think that ever changes I but should change yeah. are we are, you know we kind of talked about that I talked about that with Brendan on Sunday it's it's something to consider but I just I'm not sure they want to mess with the middle infield defense I think it's so good and especially while you have a guy like Hendricks a guy like Stroman who are just getting people to beat the ball into the ground I don't know that they want to change that um it's it's definitely worth considering right I think as they go along here they're gonna have to weigh how much offense do we need? Can we leave Morell at the DH? Is that fine? And how are we prioritizing the defense? So my guess would be that they don't mess with the middle infield unless they really have to. But, you know, I don't know. If Joe Madden were still managing this team, my answer would be completely different. I Dansby could be in left field for all we know to get Morell in there. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, but and- I, I just think they value, they, they, they signed Dansby and move Nico to do just that. I, I think unless yeah. they are desperate for offense and they can't piece it together any other way, I, I don't think they change well, that. And you talk to the the you know, organizational brass, right? All about the Tom Ricketts who talked about this during spring. Like one of the reasons why they like Dansby so much is because they felt like he's the one that will last through the contract at shortstop versus Correa or Turner or Bogarts. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why they were intent on getting Dansby Swanson. Cause they felt like he could be the one of those four that last at shortstop through the end of that contract. Yeah. They, it's not, they're not moving him off shortstop. I will say to that, to, to kind of the, the overall question you posed, like if Morrell, which he has done better at, at being the DH and you know, he, he's talked about how he just, when he was just DHing the first few times and he felt like he would just go in and try to tinker with everything or like overthink what, what, what went wrong in that at bat versus like going back out in the field and focusing on defense. Right. Um, he had a conversation with Mike Napoli who's DH a bunch in his career, uh, during his playing career. Uh, and Mike Napoli kind of told him just to like, not don't go to the iPads. Don't just kind of, watch the game like you're in the game like don't go to the ipads don't try to fix every little thing that went wrong in that last event just focus on the next one um and that has seemed to help morell a little bit more in the dh spot over the last two weeks whatever the stretch is um so if he can figure out how to just if he's playing dh and just produce at at a level that he has especially this season like if he can if he can do that from the dh spot then you don't have to worry about getting him in the field defensively. You can, you'll have that power. That's why the DH spot has been such a kind of big thing for the Cubs and for the National League in general. Is like now you have a spot where these guys who just aren't sticking at any one spot, 
they can pr- produce from DH, then you don't have to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that all plays into um, why Morel isn't getting that shot at third base and why they wouldn't move around that middle infield defense to try to accommodate that. Well, you know, Nick Madrigal, he had a two RBI single today, guys. Almost so. hit a home run yesterday. Almost hit one over uh, the I, fence. I get labeled his biggest hater, which I don't think I am, but he's been You're he's been there. playing better. He's getting on base. I feel like I've been very rational about it, but we can offline about that. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely haven't been as a. <laughs> he's been playing better. Player. I think you know. Ultimately, <laughs> look like obviously you're gonna want more slug and power from somebody playing third base especially when yes. the middle infield we're talking about is a, a lot of contact not necessarily going to be you know 30 40 homer guys right uh which at the moment you don't really have anywhere on the team especially with patrick wisdom not playing well and being out uh but for now with the guys that they have like this last little stretch has been better for magic he's getting on base at an acceptable clip you know, almost I, hit a homer, even though somehow that still wasn't a barrel for him. But I, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's fine. I think on a day like today uh, and, and in a second here, we're going to get into our second ad break. But uh, first base was obviously where the defensive issue came in with Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. I, look, I don't want I'm not going to launch into a whole thing on this because yeah. I could. Uh, for me personally, I, I'm just I'm just over Trey Mancini. I'm done with it. He has not been good enough as a hitter. Uh, and his defense in right and first base, he just doesn't look athletic. He looks not in the best of shape at this point in his career, Uh, and it's cost the team at various times. I mean, he almost took out one of their best relievers, Uh, and, you know, it's just one error. Like, it's not, you know, we don't have to come down on him, but it was an important moment in the game, and I think we've seen at times this year the problem, and it sort of plays into the Morel thing, the problem of playing guys, Mancini's a first baseman, but at positions they're not great at, right? And at Mm -hmm. this point, he's not great there. And it can cost you. We saw it a lot earlier in the season when Saya was out with different guys filling in in right field. And that was almost a very costly error today, not just for this game, but for uh, Mark Leiter Jr., who luckily appeared to be okay and hopefully is okay after taking kind of a, a nasty fall. I give David Ross credit. I think somebody mentioned this in the chat. I don't know if he brought Cody Bellinger in to hit, and because at the time the Pirates made a switch, but they had a right-hander on the mound. But I, if it was for the error, I liked the aggressiveness. Regardless, I liked the aggressiveness. Hey, it's Putting a- in the better bat and saying, hey, like w- we need to win these games. That error was not acceptable. Yeah, you uh-huh. need to make that play. You, you're out. Like that's I, I, I felt that in the moment. So I give David Ross credit for that. That's what I'm saying. Like To his credit is... He didn't make you have to ask the question after the game of why did you leave Mancini in? Right. After, like it was, he did it regardless of what the reasoning we behind need the better putting bat. Bellinger in we was. We need the better D. Yeah, it's, exactly. Mancini's been, like you mentioned, he's he's a first baseman. He is, he's negative three defensive run saved at first base this year. Negative one out above average. So I guess that's technically one out below average. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how, to, how to properly say that. But um, no, he hasn't been good at first base. And like you signed him two-year contract. 14 mil I want to say yes. um, like he he has some kind of pedigree as a successful hitter sure the bat just hasn't really shown up I think he's, he's been a little bit better the last few weeks um, but at this point it it's like this was the kind of game you were going to start him if you're going to start him right against a lefty yeah. on the mound a guy he's had like you mentioned pregame some success against in his career even though it was you know a, a handful of at bats yeah. um, like this was a game you're going to start him but I will you know, you can't defend that error. Like that, that was a that was a that was poor awful. poor play on a play that should have gotten them out of the inning. 
you know, puts Mark Ladder Jr. in a position where he could get hurt. Like, we still got to kind of see what the update is there. He was able to finish the inning, but, like, there's no defending that error, and it's just, if you look at the numbers, he just hasn't been great at that spot. And, mm-hmm. you know, when people still bring up Anthony Rizzo and, and how, like, this, there's a first base is still open, like, Rizzo would fit in so great here. Like, I kind of understand it because, like, Trey Mancini obviously hasn't locked down the first base spot for even for this year or next year mm-hmm. Eric Cosmer totally did it and he's not even on the team anymore Matt Mervis came up and didn't you know take control of that spot himself Cody Bellinger's probably not going to be their first baseman for the for a long time I guess maybe you ride the Mike Talkman wave and, and see where that goes but like eventually Bellinger will not be playing first base so there still isn't a clear like this is our first baseman. If I'm the Cubs, like, I, if I'm the Cubs, I don't see like this is the guy we need to play at first base all the time. If that becomes Mervis, maybe it does, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no one there. Uh, and Trey Mancini, in the in the opportunities he's given, he has to take advantage because he's 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 losing playing time. Or throughout the year, he is losing playing time because yeah. the bat the bat hasn't made up for everything. The defense hasn't been great, and eventually, uh, yeah, it's a well, two year contract, and they're gonna play him. Yeah, but. He's got to take advantage of the spots that he's given. I think ultimately, and it it does sort of pair with the magical conversation, like at this point, Trey Mancini's been a sub-replacement level player, right? He's been below average on offense, 86 WRC+. Uh, He is obviously not a good defender. And, you know, the the bigger problem for this team, we've seen them score a lot of runs in some of these games over the past, you know, week and a half plus. But when we're talking about first base and third base, both positions where you're getting – below league average offensive performance you're not getting slug like you look around the league right like you're probably going to want some offensive production at third and first base particularly guys that can slug and the cubs just don't have that so for now like you said ryan like if talkman can hold down center and and cody's not ready to play center field like maybe that's the answer even though cody struggled a little bit uh before the injury and coming back but you know it's you know he's dealing with an injury so we'll see uh, you need some slug at one of the yeah. corner positions. It's just something that has to happen, especially when you look at the outfield, like Ian Happ has not been hitting as many homers. Um, you know, so it, as we go forward here and you're trying to get this offense locked down, mm-hmm. you need some slug somewhere on this yeah. team. And they may not have an immediate answer, but that's why they plugged Matt Mervis in when they did. They were hoping that he was going to be able to provide that. So Yeah, I mean, Mancini... Like obviously the air wasn't great today, and he didn't really he didn't do anything with the bat. He had a couple hard hit balls that unfortunately were went right to guys, whatever. Um, but you gotta like they're not gonna DFA him. He's on a two year deal. They're not gonna DFA him. I'm sorry, guys. People that like are in the chat yelling about like they're not they're not gonna DFA him. He had been on a better offensive stretch, yeah. right? Still not great, he, but uh. at this point. At this point in the season, when I want the Cub, when when I want the Cubs to just try to win games, is he should get he should be in the lineup when they face left-handed pitchers. That's it. That's where I'm at with him. And when he's in the lineup, he should just be the DH because, he, like Ryan said, the offense has or the defense has been atrocious at first, and he can't play the outfield anymore. We've seen that. Like when we when the Cubs signed him, we were like, oh, he can play a little left, he can play a little right, he can play first base, and it's just like. Nah, that's not it. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said maybe not. Do you feel better now? I feel great. That's right. For fuck's sake. Okay. <laughs> I anyway. Uh, no, I give, yeah. Wh- what I'm saying, though, is that 
Like he just, he just hasn't lived up to any of like those expectations. And I wasn't really even expecting him to play a lot of outfield. I'm saying that for him to platoon with Matt Mervis at some point in this season at first base. And again, I'm, I still think that them sending down Mervis was because they want to play Morrell and that's fine. I, I, I wish they could find a way to fit them both on the roster. I don't know why Master Boney and Magical are on the roster at the same time. That doesn't make sense to me, and that's why I feel that's another reason why I feel why Mervis should be here. I understand Mervis's season-long numbers aren't great, but still, you'd rather have Mervis in DH or first base if you're going to sit Cody Bellinger for a day. I'm, that's just that's just how I'd rather I feel. learn about Mervis than yeah. deal with whatever Trey Mancini's doing. Right, but yeah. again, they're winning games, so it's fine at right now. But yeah, you gotta. You got to figure out this situation at first base eventually, especially if like um, Talkman, like the the legend of Mike Talkman, like ends like the summer right. of Mike Talkman. Like if it ends and like you're he goes back to just playing like a fourth outfielder, and you you get to a point where Bellinger can go back to center, and you you move him to center, then who are you gonna play at first? And maybe the maybe the Cubs will just play Bellinger at first. The rest of the year, I don't know. He's played well enough defensively there that he could do it. And obviously, he has the bat, and I do think he'll be better offensively than he's been since he came back from the injury. But I'm I'm just very, like, there's a lot of roster decisions that, like, I just I don't understand when it comes to, like, why when it comes to first base, at right now at least, it's Mancini or Bellinger and again I didn't I don't think that Mervis is going to make that big of a ch- change or impact at least based off what we've seen but you never know yeah the guy can readjust like Morell did uh and you can get a hot streak from him and that can change a season for your team you know what I mean and yeah. again Mancini's defense has been so bad that you can't even play him there and feel confident with him there and at least with Mervis we've it, like he had one bad defensive game at, at at first base, and that was in Anaheim that we talked about extensively about. But yeah, so you know. I mean, I, I think ultimately, you know, we get into this because obviously it was a significant moment in this game. Yeah. But uh, it's a tight division. These decisions are are likely what's going to decide this division. So the Cubs are winning games; they're playing really well right now. Uh, but they need to keep this going, right? And there's still a couple games under 500. And yeah. in order to, if you're trying to keep pace with three or four teams at once in your division, all these little things are are going to be what Jed yeah. is going to have to solve uh, if they're serious about competing here. But yeah, I'd also want like to, to point out real quick that uh, Gary has created an army. Of, for Jake uh, Slaughter, for, uh, yes. an army of Jake Slaughter. Oh, so it's <laughs> not just the Discord now. It, it is yeah, an army go. in this chat. Uh, right now. We'll, uh, we'll we'll get into to, it in a future. Yeah, episode. Rory, after yeah. the ad break, you're contractually obligated to, to talk about Slaughter. I, we're gonna have to call in Greg Huss or something because I'm. <laughs> Which we did. I, I, we I, yeah, I do not have the uh, you know pedigree to talk about that, but uh, do want to uh, <laughs> talk about our good friends at. ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Yeah, ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. My question, Ryan, 
How does it work? Well, let me tell you, Corey. It's a good question. Uh, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comed.com slash powering biz. Did you say comed.com slash powering biz? You want to take it? Yeah, schedule it today. <laughs> today. Today. That's an honor of our um, good friend Luke Stuckman. And when you do that, once you're done scheduling your free facility assessment, uh, take a look at Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. You get durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures when you put on your Shady Rays. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You drop them in a river in San Antonio, or they break in a river and then they fall into the river, then... They got your back. They got your back. Uh, wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. So, quick who you got? Before yeah, we get on the other side? Yeah. Quick, I, I, I was reading the comments. I'm sorry. I, you just looked like you were about to say yeah, something. Yeah, I thought you were going to so. say something. Well, I, now that you like, now that you say that, I would like to mention that Tommy Birch tweeted that Nelson Velasquez and uh, Edwin Rios are going to be like the taxi squad en route to London. Yeah, so that was a question that I had was, I know last year Alfonso Rivas was um, the... 27th man or something like that for that Field of Dreams game. Mm. Um, so he was able to go there and do stuff. Even he was in the 40 man roster. They kind of brought him along. Mm. Um, he was able to do stuff for the Field of Dreams game. So I was curious to see who they would be able to bring with them to, uh, to London. Yeah. And I think mm. somebody asked in the chat, like if they would leave some of the guys back in Chicago just so they could rest. I, you would know better than me, but I assume that is not the case. I remember like when I worked for the team at Michigan, like if we had a double header, they would let the second starting pitcher sleep at the hotel and just like skip the first game. Oh, bring I think at the major league level, like everybody's going to London. I doubt yeah. it because I, you never really know who you might need at that point, right? Yeah. Like, like, you, you like if Dansby were not, you know, dealing with the wrist, maybe like something like that, he doesn't need to go, but, uh, they, you need everybody there. So yeah, I, they're, they're going to go. I, I, I doubt they're going to let any, I, I, I haven't really asked that question because it never crossed my mind. It was but, an interesting question. But though. I doubt like, it. Yeah. I, doubt it. I mean, 
Because oh. like I, it is, it is somewhat like this is exciting. We're happy for our friend Rachel who gets to sort of uh, you know be mm-hmm. our like host for for this event in in mm-hmm. London. Reporter, uh, but I reporter. I do think like Cubs have won ten of twelve, right? They're they're hot. They're playing good baseball. Up to me, right? Like I would prefer they not have to go do this. This just feels like the type of thing that throws them off their sleep schedule or whatever. But I don't know. Like, hopefully it's it's a great weekend. Stroh and Justin Steele steal the show. Uh, show England what Cubs baseball is all about. And it goes well. But, I, you know, I don't know. I just wish they were able to keep riding this hot streak rather than two days off, a long flight to London, changing time zones, then they kind of come back. It, I don't know. I just feel like the timing could be better. Well, at least they're getting extra rest for, like, their other starters. Um, I Sure. I'm like kind of in the same realm as you, um, but whatever. It, when, so yeah, when they get do. back from London, just looking ahead here, just for some context, they are off. So they're off Thursday and Friday. Then the two in London over the weekend, they are off on the 26th on Monday after those two games. And then they are back at beautiful historic Wrigley Field on the 27th, a Tuesday, uh, for three with the Phillies. And then they have another three with Cleveland. Uh, so an interesting little stretch there that they have coming up. Uh, again, as we talked about, they, they got to take it day by day. They got to keep winning games. Uh, and this is, you know, another stretch that you look at and you go, all right, this is going to be pretty much everything is, but it, it feels like this little stretch to when they finish. Then after that Cleveland series, they go on the road for seven straight with Milwaukee and the New York Yankees yeah. leading into the All-Star break. That's a tough stretch. They got coming up, coming off of flying to a different yeah. continent. So I don't want to call anything the make or break because as we've seen, especially after that Angels series, like we kind of thought the season was over, or at least <laughs> a lot of people did. Yeah. And here they are, still have a chance. We're scoreboard watching and doing all of that. Uh, but this feels, especially it'll take us into mid-July this stretch coming up here feels yeah. like maybe the most pivotal. I don't know, if, but if like it, it may be the most pivotal stretch of the season. Yeah. Now that they have gotten themselves back into it. Sometimes they don't want to be hyperbolic. Other times, like <laughs> let's be as hyperbolic as possible. Like yeah. this is it. I think guys. it's okay. Um, before we skip over London too fast, we do have the Cubs announce their two starters in London. Um, Justin Steele will go Saturday. Marcus Stroman's going Sunday. Um, the, uh, the off days obviously allow, I think Steele would be six days in between starts and Stroman would be on a full five days of rest. And, you know, I don't know how much the uh, trip to London affects that aspect of rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got their two best starters on the mound going up in two division games uh, in London. You know, on the big stage, it'll be Fox and ESPN, if I'm not mistaken, is, is those games. Like Fox gets Saturday, ESPN gets Sunday, I believe. Um, so it is... You got your two best pitchers going against the Cardinals overseas on the big stage. Like it's, I mean, the Cardinals are in a pretty poor position right now, but it's still two pretty big games. Like it feels like one of those yeah. where like when Cubs Cardinals play, you kind of throw everything that just happened out the window. Well, and, and, and we you just need beat better than that effort at, at Wrigley field, right? Yeah. The Cardinals have been, I, I think they had a decent run recently, but like, don't let don't let them get hot or stay hot against mm-hmm. you, right? Like they've been they, the bottom, they, they've been the cellar dweller in the NL Central for most of this season. Wilson has not been good on the whole. Like don't we don't need him yeah. getting hot only against us. Come on, just shut him down. 
I expect Steele and Star They're playing to do that. the Nationals this week, so right. let's We not. do have a $20 super chat from Gerard. We appreciate Gerard. that very much. Gerard says, London calling will be fun to watch. Pancakes and waffles for this weekend's early games. Is there a morning Goose <laughs> Island brew? Cheers, mates. Go Cubs, go. I know Sam below him in the chat uh, will also be at the game. Sam Sam Blake uh, has been great interacting on social media. I know he'll be over there uh, in London. So we've got a a crew. So unfortunately, we won't be there, but at least we have people. Yeah, we'll be there in spirit. And uh, what about people that are there that want to go to the game? Do we want to do? We're going to do who you got after we do the ad read? Yeah, let's do that. Sure. Let's, yeah. let's, let's sorry, we got to wrap Sorry for ruining up. your transition. Oh, we're still talking about London. <laughs> okay. I'm still All talking right. about London. I know this is something I should know as a Cub fan, but so what time are first pitch for these games over the weekend? So here, it's 12 and 9.30, I want to say. 12? I believe that is correct. 12 and then 9.30. 12, yeah, 10, yeah. 12, 10, and 9.10. Okay, there you go. 12, 10, and 9.10. So an early Sunday morning. If you're going to do... A full English breakfast, you're going to have to get up prettier. That's a lot mm-hmm. of cooking prep. You got to yep. get it. Yeah. And, and I, then. I, I went to London for the Bears game, and English breakfasts are weird. You're not <laughs> okay. a big fan of no. uh, beans oh. for breakfast, no, Greg. Rachel, get at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yell they, at him. My, my buddy <laughs> George brought me over there, and, and they brought out this plate. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Looks like <laughs> something got murdered on this plate. Cody's going to do a. Uh, Beer bat chug, but just full of baked beans at nine in the morning. Ooh. So that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah. But yeah. If you're in London, if you want to go to the game, you can go, got you. you can use uh, game time, and you could go on game time for really cheap based off what I saw on the app when we were looking it up. Uh, you know, during the game, whenever in between innings. Uh, again, on game time, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Uh, I said this the other day, I got my ticket to Morgan Wallen on game time for a really great price, low, less than $200 for the last handful of months. Every ticketing site has had any ticket for Morgan Wallen, well over 250 bucks and I got for under $200 on game time. I made, I, I did, it was such a good deal that I couldn't eat, I couldn't wait because I felt like someone else was going to grab it. Um, so maybe I got lucky. Maybe I'll see the prices even lower, uh, Thursday, uh, whenever, uh, you know, the, the time is ticking almost to the concert. So, uh, fingers crossed that that doesn't happen for at least for in my, for my sake. But again, uh, because of game time, I was able to get a really great ticket and seat. Game time is a place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason, Ryan. Get Mm -hmm. images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. It's the most annoying thing when it comes to this kind of stuff. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I'm pretty sure the tickets in London are 
Six dollars. Cheapest, cheapest tickets. And they even have like flash deals right now. Flight, yeah. You can get in the game for almost nothing on game time. Yeah, if, you, if you're signing up and using that code for the, the first trigger. time, you're basically mm-hmm. going for free. In the meantime, so if I, someone wants to buy me a plane ticket to get me there, like I'm <laughs> there in. There you go. I'm in. I'll buy your ticket on game time too. In the meantime, we <laughs> have started a full-on baked bean war in the YouTube Apparently. comments. If you're if you're if you're listening uh, where, wherever you get your podcast, you are missing a really hot debate uh, on beans. It went from Jake Slaughter to baked beans, so, baby. Kyle Hendricks, Nico Horner, beans. beans. That's um, that's the CHGO Cubs podcast today. Okay. Uh, quickly, we're giving Brendan the W yeah, on who okay. you got today. He had Seiya Suzuki two for three with an RBI and a walk. Nobody took Nico Horner and Ian Happ. Had anybody taken either of them, they probably would have won. Winners. They had a kind of bigger day. But Brendan, uh, much to my chagrin, I will give him the who you got W today. Um, I took Madrigal, and we're now 10-1. and one. When we, I take Madrigal, Master Boney, or Barnhart. Big of you. Big of me. Credit to you. Man of integrity. We... Thank you for joining us on the CHGO Cubs podcast. We ran a little bit long, but that's what happens when I'm in the host chair. We just get on rambling uh, again. Cubs Luke. win 8-3 to three over the Pittsburgh Pirates. They sweep the Pirates 6-0 and oh against the Pirates on the season. We will have an off-day show for you tomorrow in the afternoon. Brendan and I will be with you on Sunday live on YouTube to talk about the London series. Cubs are off Thursday and Friday Two in London early in the morning. Don't forget to set your alarms. Appreciate you guys tuning in for the CHGO Cubs podcast. I'm Corey Friedman, Ryan Herrera, Cody Del Mendo. We will catch you tomorrow. And as I always say, at least, go Cubs. We had almost 200 people in there.